0: To the Zenial Dome with me, Essie Sears.
1: And me, Gareth Gwynn. This is the podcast for Zenials. That's those born between 1977 and 1985. Or to put it another way, those born between the incorporation of Apple Computer Inc. and the first mobile phone call by a civilian in the UK. And that (laughs) is pretty much bang on the money, isn't it? Isn't that the first.
0: Yes. First first of January
1: 1977 and the first of. January 1986? Five. Oh, well, that doesn't work then, because you can be as any if you're born in 1985. Like, up until the end, can't you? Until you until the 31st. Oh. So, like, Nish Kumar, Ugh. who is going to appear in this episode in a bit...
0: Oh, you're right.
1: He'll count.
0: He will count. Never mind!
1: So what I should have said was, born between the Corporate Schwell Computer in 1977, mm-hmm. and on the first anniversary of the first mobile phone call <laughs> <laughs> made by a civilian in the uk
0: yeah and now no one can touch us
1: <laughs> no, no no we're in the clear um ah <laughs> oh, and i was oh, 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 what i was hoping to do was suspend this link talking about how ernie wise was the first person who made that phone call yeah uh, but i think ernie's um moment in the spotlight's been taken away by the fact we got the dates wrong
0: i think so he was still alive wasn't he at the yeah, anniversary yeah he was, yeah. It, it, yeah he was still alive for the first anniversary yeah yeah This is going great.
1: (laughs) Yeah, this is the Christmas Leftovers edition of the Xenial Dome. Mm -hmm. Um, And what we're going to do is pick through some of the episodes you've already heard, but the bits that uh, we had to take out because the episodes are running quite long. Or we just... But we have these very long chats with people and they're all very interesting and we have to cut them down somehow. Mm -hmm. Um, And it does mean that there's bits where you go, oh, that's a shame, it would be nice to to put those out one day. That's what's going on here. Um, mm. So if this is the first episode of the Zenial Dome you've ever heard, um, it's not normally like this. Um, <laughs> normally, we're very respectful to Ernie Wise. And, <laughs> and then uh, we normally will spend um, about 45 minutes or an hour talking to one Zenial. whereas today, I think you're going to hear five.
0: Yeah. What I love about that, though, that preamble, is it implies that The rest of them who won't be featured on this are the most professional ones that we've had on. Oh, the (laughs) rest of
1: them. It it was tight. It was everything through. Bang, bang, bang. Done. Um,
0: (laughs) Yeah, these uh, guys rambled on
1: (laughs) long, libelous passages that we had to remove. Um, No, to, to my knowledge. One thing, I could think of one thing that I was like, nah, I wouldn't put that out. Was it about the Royals? Two things <laughs> that I. <laughs> oh,
0: should, we, um, should we make a start?
1: <laughs> we should. So, um, the people you will hear from today, we have got clips from the episodes uh, with Nish Kumar, Chess Foskew, Izzy City, Stuart Laws, but we're going to start with um, stand up comedian and novelist, the absolutely superb. Mark Watson. So, were your family the sort of family who um, took advantage of what the eighties and nineties had to offer? Was this, you know, were you on the cutting edge of stuff, or was it or well, let other people take the lead?
2: My my, my parents were slightly suspicious of, of new tech, not because they were luddites exactly, but they were the sort of generous, uh, sort of school parents that like couldn't quite see the point of it, like. Why, why did we get a cd player we got record players worked perfectly well um never we never really went to when there was the this boom of like harvester and you know, ch- ch- beefy to cheap chain records we never went to those because again my mum would be like well right, we have got food you know there's very <laughs> sort of um they weren't really stingy at all they just couldn't really see the point of you know that they still never got sky or, or anything like that because got plenty of telly as it is even though my dad loves sport he, he continues to hold out against the idea of paying more for more telly um and so we, we did get a cd player but it was sometime after they'd become commonplace and it was absolutely enormous obviously um we got we never yeah, never got satellite dish got i suppose one of the, the most 80s and 90s thing we did was a lot of Eurocamp type holidays we did a lot of france and italy in those uh, what you'd consider a step up from Proper camping because you, the tent was already done, and you mm. had a shower block and stuff like that. So a lot of my holiday, and they're happy memories. Just going to, well, they're happy. Although also, compared with today with EasyJet and stuff, the amount of that holiday that was just driving, trying to work out where the campsite was <laughs> in a brief <pre-flat-nap> area. <laughs> like most people my age, I've got a lot of memories of your dad shuffling an atlas, going, "Well, this makes no sense it's <laughs> <Yeah. right> here."
1: <laughs> and is there anything of that like era? you now look at, because you've already talked about the super furry animals and how that fed into your work. Is there anything else where you look at your work now and go, oh, that probably led
2: to this? Well, I definitely think, actually, my parents were quite, having said that they were quite reluctant to sort of spend on stuff. they were quite adventurous travelers. Like, as well as Europe, we did go to the States a couple of times when I was a, a teenager because my parents had been in Canada on a year's, like, work placement when I was small. So they retained this connection with North America. And, and in general, they were quite inventive. They did like to they liked to leave the country. They liked to, to travel. Maybe that's why we, we didn't have stuff like a CD player for ages. The, the money went in there. Uh, <laughs> and I've definitely... Like, one of the things I love most about comedy and travelling it, it is going around. I've never complained about the amount of travelling and touring and stuff like that. I love being on, on the move. And I think that part of that does come from... Uh, my parents, we were encouraged to have a sort of curiosity about the, the country and the world, the layout of it, all that stuff. So definitely that.
1: That was Mark Watson. The whole episode with Mark is on the Xennial Dome feed, so check that out if you are a fan of World Cups, super furry Animals, and oh, also, he's got one of the best stories about remembering the death of Diana. Uh, but oh. I don't want to I don't want to spoil that out, so go it's and listen to the whole episode. It is great.
0: It's one of those ones where you'll be just going about your day and suddenly you remember it, and you'll just have to stop what you're doing. Just just to really savour that <laughs> anecdote. <laughs> Next up, we've got the wonderful Jessica Foster. She is a stand-up and a wonderful comedy actor. She's been on Live at the Apollo and Motherland, and her 2019 show Hench was nominated for the Edinburgh Comedy Award. Here she is.
1: Because we seem to be the generation for whom there were always these like new technology coming in seemingly uh, thick and fast as we grew up how big an influence do you think the microwave had to our generation because that seemed to be creeping in as we got i vividly remember our first microwave we got our first microwave from my uncle and aunt as a thank you for my mum wallpapering their living room (laughs) and they said wow (laughs) can we give you anything my mum went no not at all and they went have our old microwave (laughs) so uh so we got, like, the Microbox 80 or whatever the hell an old,
3: and old microwave was. My parents... I definitely remember my nana being quite suspicious of it um, in the same way that we weren't allowed too close to the television. Like, it was definitely... You know, that it really probably did leave traces of um, nuclear waste in your food. And I still think there's ever so, ever so slight slight inklings of that. Whereas now, yeah, my mum's come full circle and does things that I consider to be morally wrong, like microwaving jack of potatoes
1: And are you a big microwaver now? Do you have one? And
3: I have one. I wouldn't say I'm a big microwaver. I would say in the last five years, its main use, and it's a very important one, is to reheat hot drinks that have not been able to be finished whilst they were deliciously hot it's um I don't know how any parent I think it's more it's so funny the different my mum was like you can't have a child without having a tumble dryer in your home and I was like everyone's got a tumble dryer anymore we just hang it up she's like you won't get through the stuff you know you won't get they get through so much stuff I was like no what we need now is a microwave so that we can come back to the same cup of tea 18 times that's what we need now modern parents that was yeah.
0: my exact reaction i'm not bothered about the microwave i don't really care about it but then i had babies and yes it was sterilizing and also yeah the cups of tea i mean i remember one day i must have reheated one cup of tea five times but yeah it's it's funny though this this idea of like this this suspicion around yeah. new technology in general at the time because you were Because we talk about straddling like the analogue and the digital, but you were very dependent on whether your parents would embrace it as well, because you weren't going to go out and buy a microwave when you were a teenager. No, but you know what,
3: as we're talking about it, I am remembering, I remember a friend having one before us and loving to pop round on the way home from school because... We were, they always in their freezer had McCain's microwave chips, which are an abomination, but they were like 30 seconds. And then you had these amazing, salty, soggy, like, oh, really wet, like damp, steamed chips. <laughs> but I loved them. And the other thing that I got like a real, like I would secret squirrel, my mum would be very disdainful, but Chicago Town microwave pizzas. <gasps> It's like volcanic lava in, a, again, a very moist crust. <laughs> it can't work and it doesn't work, but it's somehow delicious, or it certainly was in my teenage memory. I
1: mean, I'm just quite intrigued because you have spoken to so many people about their... It's that thing about the relationship with food as well, is that were there any other culinary revolutions where, where that you notice people have sort of... Latched onto.
3: Yeah, it's true. I think it also just just depended on um, where you grew up. I think it was quite different in cities. I I grew up in the countryside, and um, and you know, so I spoken to such a mixture of people um, who who grown up all around the world, actually. But um, I think in the UK, as a general rule, if you were born around the same time as me, you witnessed the diversification of our culinary palette in a way that's quite glorious from, to, if you live in a city now, the access you have easily and regularly in any supermarket to spices, to to cuisines from all around the world which when I was a kid, I mean that's happened pretty quick and we, our generation has sort of charted it exactly that, like when I grew up there was there was a Chinese takeaway and that was an absolute bloody revelation and like a thrill and you know and you look back now and go, it wasn't a good one it was like and 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 there, and there was one and then later there there's popped up one Indian restaurant again not like nice enough but like so expensive that we could all only go once a year <laughs> and people would travel for miles you know and it, and down where I grew up is now it's not like that either you can get all sorts of food there too and you know but It's so interesting to watch that shift. I'd say that's been the most notable Mm. one. It's
0: it's funny how that changes, though, depending on where you grew up. So so like in a city, I can imagine that that would have been a massive big rush of all these different things coming together. Whereas my mum (laughs) had to wait for my sister to go and live in Italy for three years before she discovered aubergines. (laughs) So my sister came home from Italy like Magella. Like, I've, I've discovered mm. these vegetables and <laughs> so my mum was just like, oh my God, find me one. Just find me one. I need to cook it. It's
1: like the 17th century in a pineapple. <laughs> yes. It's like someone having a party so we can all look at an aubergine.
0: That was Jessica Foster. Um, I'll be honest, I think I'm still a little bit weary of microwaves, just in the sense that... They still feel new. Like they're still in the kitchen. It feels like it's still only recently arrived. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, I've, I've lived in flats since I've been an adult without a microwave. Mm-hmm. And then when you get one, you're like, oh, good. The future's the futures <laughs> arrived.
4: Yeah, so every time.
1: <laughs> um, one of the subjects that comes up on this podcast more than I bargained for is Neighbours.
0: Well yeah that's because you're doing this with me. (laughs) I'm the kind of person who just assumes that everyone watched Neighbours twice a day through the 80s and 90s and and a little bit into the noughties as well. (laughs)
1: Apparently not. And that's not true as became apparent during our chat with peep show star, stand-up and novelist Izzy Sutty. We never got home in time for neighbours a lot of the time, and, but I've just picked up everything about it by osmosis. I feel like I know everything about it just because it was the, it was discussed so much. What,
0: what do you mean you weren't back home on time?
1: So my parents were teachers, so we'd often stay, stick around after school for a bit, and then um, when we moved, we moved quite far away from the school, so I had a very long trip home, so, because what time was Neighbors on? Five thirty-five.
0: So, you, did you have a trip that was over two
1: hours? Or uh, I if you were, it would, it would. Oh, maybe some. We'd sometimes be home by six. Depending. Wow, Gareth, that's really <laughs> yeah. hard. Like,
0: did you just do your homework on the way home, or yeah. did you just have yeah. to do it when you got home?
1: No, I'd do it in. I'd often do it in the car. And oh, like did you that. have a, sta- yeah. a snack on the way home. <laughs> uh, sometimes, sometimes. <laughs> yeah this was when I was a little bit older, so I was probably about thirteen by then twelve thirteen but yeah oh, but still and to have
0: of... and to have to stay in school with your parents after everyone else has gone home oh uh,
1: but often there would be other th- th- there would be other kids in a not sad similar kids. scenario <laughs> 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 no, like i wouldn't be just I wouldn't just be sitting on my own no there would be there would be other teachers' kids uh friends who were having lifts with teachers' kids. And then, they, and then they opened a McDonald's near the school, so we were fine. Uh, oh, that's but yeah. <laughs> okay. Good. Good. That was Izzy Sooty, and you can listen to all of her episode and find out why she painted her room bright orange. Actually, do you know what? I don't think there's ever any explanation as to why she painted her room bright orange. <laughs> no. She just did it. So you just find out about a teenager who painted their room a very vivid orange colour. Um, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's fascinating. Mm-hmm, um, definitely. Right, What yeah? what's up next? Who's up next?
0: So next, we've got the youngest Xenial guest that we've had so far. So just to explain to everyone, if you're a very young Xenial, that means that you're technically also a millennial and this fits uh, Nish Kumar's personality <laughs> and references perfectly. So next. It's comedian and presenter, Nish Kuma.
1: Yeah, so you're more on the millennial side, possibly, if, if pushed. Hard to say. I, I
5: really don't... I, I, I'm a very big fan of uh, defining myself by whatever group is going to ingratiate me with the most group of people. So for the sake <laughs> of this podcast, yeah, of course.
1: Great. Right. But <laughs> well, al- um, also um you you were once the subject of a meme there's nothing more Correct. millennial than that surely yeah 100%. that's, that's about yeah, as yeah, yeah, millennial yeah. as you get um yeah. <laughs> i was thinking about that because there was the in case no people haven't seen it there was a, a meme did the rounds called confused muslim wasn't it yeah had, that's right um, yeah 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 uh, which had your face on it which was uh well incorrect because you're not you're theologically not inappropriate you're not a, yeah yeah that's the phrase um <laughs> um can you turn that into an NFT now and become a billionaire? Is that, is that open to you?
5: Well, listen, I think I'm back in the zenial geriatric millennial camp because I do not and will not understand NFTs. I refuse oh, to right. engage with okay. it. I refuse to engage with it. Right. I don't know what oh. an NFT is, and I'm not fully sure what Olivia Rodrigo is. And if someone tries to sell me an NFT of Olivia Rodrigo, then I'm really all at sea.
1: <laughs> right. Oh, I thought this was going to be your chance to uh, to, to make an absolute <laughs> st- stack of money. <laughs> <laughs> NFT
0: doesn't even it, it isn't even millennial though. Like it's it's Gen Z though, isn't it? And for me, Gen Z is just <laughs> no. I
5: don't because I, I don't think it's I don't think it can be Gen Z because I don't think they have the they're not of an age that they have the financial sort of capital to really get involved That's in nfts it, nfts is the sort of thing that i think like it, like i sort of sort of associate with elon musk you yeah, know right. and like yeah. like i i think i think possibly e- 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 nfts are discussed by but i think it's a very i think in terms of who's actually involved with them financially i think it's a very like it, it, it might even be like gen x uh, oh, okay. Older, older millennial thing because those are the only people with the capital to invest <laughs> money in what I seem to think is a derivative based on Charlie bit my finger. Yeah. Like I, you know, I don't understand. <laughs> Do these people not watch the goddamn Big Short? What on earth are you doing? <laughs> there's a great, there's a great uh, one of my favorite experiences of watching live comedy is watching uh, Eddie Peppertone. Um, in Edinburgh, in I think two thousand and twelve, either two thousand and twelve or thirteen, but he he has this amazing joke about like <laughs> where he just sort of talks about something, you know, like some piece of like modern cultural ephemera that he's really describes in detail, and then he just breaks off halfway through it and screams, "We used to work the land," and <laughs> that. Is how I feel every time someone starts talking to me about a non-fungible token. I think we—I think of Eddie Peppertone and I think we used to work the land.
1: Yeah. No, I—I I sometimes find myself doing something going like, my grandfather was a tractor mechanic. <laughs> <laughs> like <that sort> of...
5: <laughs> my grandmother worked in a factory that makes light bulbs. Everybody needs light bulbs. Yeah. yeah. You need light bulbs.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
5: My grandfather ran a curry house. He sold delicious curry to people. These are things people need. He didn't sell somebody an imaginary token that might one day entitle them to a video of a child eating a curry. Like. (laughs)
0: Do you know what? Um, last year, um, during first lockdown, my dog turned 10 and I bought him I bought him Uh-oh. a bottle of Prosecco for dogs. And as I pressed by, I thought about my great granddad who lost a leg down the mine. <laughs> <laughs> what?
5: Hold on. I, yeah, I can't I, w- fully engage with that. I need to go back and that they're making Prosecco for dogs.
0: Yeah, it's called Porsecco.
5: No. No? <laughs> no. That's the most, most painful. It's like someone punched Gareth. No. <laughs> do
0: you want out, Gareth? Do you want, do you want out of this that's, podcast? That's
3: terrible.
5: <laughs> no. <laughs> I'd like to buy an NFT of the sound that's Gareth just made. <laughs> no. No. Oh.
0: It, it was the first lockdown. I didn't know what I was doing. I was having Listen, a crisis. Listen, we all
5: made some weird purchases <laughs> in the first lockdown.
0: That was the brilliant Nishkuma. Um, one thing to, to mention is that my dog now expects Posecco every year. <laughs> <laughs> He's become quite the diva about it, if I'm <laughs> honest. So thanks, Nish.
1: Um, I was going to ask a question about Porscheco which was, um, uh, effectively, has it survived the pandemic?
0: I mean, I can still get to it. <laughs> oh, so to- it's... Uh- <laughs> it's not... I mean, it, I don't think it's gone to the black market yet.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's just one of those things. We've had a tricky year. Uh, there have been... Um, a lot of delays to stock and things entering the country and just if the idea that we've managed to hang on to porsecco through all this means that our priority like the other day i couldn't buy bread so i feel like if porsecco's still okay then i'm not happy
0: so who's next
1: our final clip is from Stuart Laws, and Stuart is a stand-up comedian and a director and a producer of comedy. He does he does it all, and in the full episode we do cover it all, because he set up a company straight out of school, uh, editing videos and stuff like that. It's a really fascinating episode. Um, but this is all about whether or not he had a telly in his room. So this is Stuart Laws. <laughs>
0: have a tv in your room
4: yeah that was a big thing when we eventually were allowed i think i was probably 50 16 maybe when it was like fine you're allowed this now and we got for christmas me and my sister got my mum was very good at like she wanted us to make sure that we always were equal and so we both and that just down to like we both got a teenage mutant ninja turtle toy when we were like eight or something like that and my sister flipped (laughs) her lid because she's a bad feminist (laughs) um Um, but yeah we both got a a tv which had a vhs player that could play ntsc vhs's which meant that when we you know basically we would not do anything for three or four years and then we'd go to america we'd go to florida occasionally we'd go away to like a caravan site or something like that but go to america and that was when then i would try and sneak away and buy some Naughty vHSs <laughs> were well, by naughty I mean wild things <laughs> Wild <laughs> things was obviously the thing that every teenage boy was obsessed with. in fact, pen 15 have you seen pen 15? Pen 15 is American um, American like coming of age uh, comedy sitcom but the two women who wrote and it's in star in it are like in their late 20s early 30s when they made it but they, oh. all the rest of the cast are actual teenagers and it's them done to look like they're teenagers and you don't notice until they do a, like a wider shot and you see how much taller they are than everyone but they have a whole episode around wild things and watching a vhs of wild things and i was like watching that like, oh my god i'm not a special unique snowflake everyone had this same thing of secretly watching wild things
1: um ntsc they were the ones that were like the american specific like, that, yes. that's the American video, isn't it? That's like you... Yeah, So yeah. does that video mean format. that you couldn't go to Woolworths and buy Mr. Bean on VHS?
4: No, it played both. Oh. So this was, again, my dad had obviously done a bit of research. They'd flicked through that the Argos catalogue where he'd gone... I think at the time he worked in Slough and he probably was... I think he worked at DFS, the sofa store. So he's probably next door to a an electrical superstore, would pop in and be like, right, Here's something we'd like to do. We'd like to go to America. I've heard about these things. <laughs> yeah. Give us one of these. It's
1: a very specific item.
4: Yeah. I did feel quite <laughs> cool about that. You know, you go from Betamax to being able to play NTSC VHSs in the blink of an <laughs> <Yeah>. eye. <laughs> I think before I got that, I'd campaigned to get the black and white TV, which we had in the kitchen, in my room for a little bit. And that was quite exciting to have a TV in my room. But the fact it was black and white was it is wild in the late nineties to have a black and white TV.
1: Yeah, had that been hanging around since when? Nineteen fifty-four or something like. That. Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. I think it was uh, my dad's birth birth gift.
0: <laughs> I'm I'm incredibly envious of anyone who had a TV in their room. I've I've mentioned this before um, on the pod. You know, I we just weren't allowed at all. I mean,
4: yeah, but you were smooching boys. You're having the time of your life. <laughs>
0: No, as in, I had a curfew, so I I needed something to do in the evening.
4: (laughs) I had to wait till the 2000s to have a a smooch. I'm not not saying 9-11 helped, but it did happen after.
0: (laughs) But it was like, because for me, like the equivalent of a TV in my room was to be allowed to watch TV on my own in my dad's study, that was the, uh, you know, and and anyone could. I, I did get quite um, quite quick on changing channels if I was watching anything questionable. Like I could tell if someone yeah. was about to open the door and you know, change yeah. it and then actually so watching that. English
4: language soap opera. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Stuart laws and you can hear his whole episode it's on the podcast feed together with plenty of other zennials and indeed our christmas special with trevor and simon who aren't zennials but certainly know a lot about them so do go and check out the whole the whole run
0: so if you've already listened to all of those thank you very much for supporting us um if you're new to this please subscribe um, and have a listen back and also, we will have loads of new episodes um, with some other wonderful Zennials coming up um, over the next year. Very exciting. Yeah,
1: in the year in which Zennials will turn between 37 and 45. And you're going to be... I will be
0: 39. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: don't, I, don't, I don't think it deserves an ooh. It's a very It's a very nothing age, I think. I think... I think 39 can really creep past without comment.
0: Fine. Okay, we'll make a fuss when you turn 40. (laughs) (laughs) There we go.
1: (laughs) If you want to get in touch about anything or everything Xenial-related, then you can do so at Dome at hotmail.com because I checked the email uh, just the other day and it's a lot of emails that start with the word greetings (laughs) and then... Long requests for my bank details, but I have noticed that any email that starts with the word greetings, that's the direction it's going in. Uses greetings in an email
0: yeah it would be nice to just get one email maybe this year from someone people have really
1: people have really (laughs) stuck with instagram and twitter in order to um, get in touch with us which is ironic uh, because every time i mention them i get it wrong on the podcast so um (laughs)
0: but, but people seem to find socials though don't they they seem to be able to navigate their way towards them but i will list them uh so on facebook We are on there as the Zenial Dome. Go to Twitter and we are at the Zenial Dome. Instagram, it's just at Zenial Dome. And Myspace, we're also on Myspace. (laughs) I haven't checked our Myspace account in ages and I imagine nothing has changed on it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I wouldn't. What I really like is that we get a lot of messages on Twitter saying, I've tried to add you on Myspace, And every single one of them really explains why Myspace isn't a thing anymore. Everyone's got a real... It's a real chore, I think. Yeah. I realised this the other day. I realised that most other podcasts ask people to sign up to a patron, whereas all we do is ask people to just fight with Myspace for the best <laughs> part of an hour and then give up.
0: Yeah. Um, but then, you know, that, that shows some level of dedication and loyalty, I feel, <laughs>
1: to the pod. Yeah, exactly. But if there's one thing I've learnt... About Xenials is that we are willing to really hack away at a very lump and <laughs> piece of technology in the hope that one day it will bend to our will. So um, I, I feel like if we stick with MySpace, it's the most Xenial thing we can possibly do.
0: That's very true. I haven't checked my shares.
1: Oh, my what? My MySpace Napster? Shares.
0: Yeah, I haven't checked um, them yet
1: I for checked. ages. I checked my Napster shares the other day. If this is the first episode of the show you've ever heard, Esset and I, early on in the podcast, bought shares in Napster. Um, Not many. I bought... I spent £2.50, and I think I own most of the company. Anyway, my £2.50 is now worth 71 pence. (laughs) (laughs) Things have not gone well for Napster um i can only assume that another member of metallica has got involved because (laughs) these shares are just the graph is amazing something happened on the first of december that really put paid to Napster. i don't know what i'll have to look that up
0: yeah okay let's let's update everyone on that in the next episode
1: oh and every time we mention shares we've got to mention um (laughs) When we talk about stocks and shares in this podcast, it is not investment advice. As if that could be any more clear when <laughs> the shares we're discussing have fallen 71% since we also, first mentioned if, if them so, on the podcast.
0: If someone has listened to all the episodes so far, like you wouldn't take shares advice from us like on any level. So that it feels like a given. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, it, it should it should be a given, but ap- apparently we've got to say that um, don't take advice from the people who spend two pound fifty on shares, and somehow if they drop any further, I think we have to now give Nabster money. I don't know what happens if they what? keep going down. <laughs> oh no, I didn't I sign we'll up for that. Like, I think we get into like some sort of uh, negative oh, <laughs> situation. So oh, yeah. No. Um, no, it's not, it's not been a great month for Napster, but then <laughs> when has. Uh, thank you very much for listening. We shall see you in 2022.
0: Happy New Year, everyone. Bye-bye.